to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk on this Friday, the 6th of May, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled, live here in Melbourne, where it is 6 p.m. And I am Diwa De Boer, live here in Auckland, where it is 8 p.m. And it is good to see everybody in the chat, and it's good for, uh, good at least, uh, good to be back uh, I did take a break for about a month. Uh, it's nice to be able to see some family that uh, could visit from Australia. And uh, I had to go down to Christchurch for a couple of days on a top secret mission. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, a, lot, a lot has happened since then. Oh, it was good to have you back as well. I, obviously, yeah. uh, the, the show continued uh, with uh, Stephen uh, co-hosting the, the last two Fridays and uh, he'll be... Uh, with us in terms of a, a contribution tonight because he's done the the poll crunching uh, for us. Uh, well, good to, good to see that. And I saw his uh, his photo slipped in there at the beginning of the, sh of the show. So, uh, no, it's not Stephen here today. It's me. <laughs> yeah. You'll notice that uh, my mic is uh, set up differently. It's got a, a boom arm coming, uh, coming up, coming well, a boom arm coming down and then the microphone coming up. So when I turn this way, it's going to be at the going to uh, going to be at the same volume. This is what uh, used to have uh, set up in the the old unshackled uh, studio, but I've moved some things around because uh, uh, this is I'm making room, getting rid of my desk uh, desk mic to make way for uh, one of those stream decks. So it's easier for automation, so I won't make those sorts of mistakes like I did <laughs> at the at the beginning there. But in terms of mm -hmm. in terms of like mistakes made on the shows, that's one of the least ones. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, I've got my uh, gin here for the evening as well. So cheers to everyone. It is Friday after all. Uh, I've got a question here from Kieran asking the, if it's the lighting or do I get a tan? Um, probably. I mean, I do a lot of biking outside. Uh, so even though winter has started, I'm actually wearing a long sleeve shirt for the first time in many months. Uh, I do still spend a lot of time outside and here in Auckland, it's, you know, it's fairly warm. We don't have a, a real winter like the rest of New Zealand experiences. Well, we're getting a, a cold snap here in, in Melbourne. It's uh, been very cold this week, especially in the, the early morning. So <laughs> it's it's turn on the, the heater in the, in the morning uh, temperatures, which is, well, winter is coming and it's probably going to last until uh, at least uh, September. We're all hoping and praying that, well, a, obviously it'll be cold, but uh, it'll be a normal cold Melbourne winter, not like the past uh, two uh, winters. Everyone's, well, uh, holding their collective uh, breath to see how this winter goes. <laughs> and some good uh, other news for the related to the show is that we are also streaming on the Right Minds Facebook page for the first time. Uh, I know that you were banned from Facebook many years ago, uh, but the uh, Right Minds Facebook page continues, uh, uh, admined by Origin who does a very good job, runs it as a meme page, and he asked if we could stream to the page uh, for the show. So we're doing that now. So hello to the people who are watching on Facebook as well. We'll be able to see your comments and put them up if you make them. And hello to all the regulars in the Unshackled and Right Minds YouTube chats. I put the link in uh, for Entropy that also is posted to the, the Right Minds live chat as well. Uh, we can ask us a direct question and also in the Q&A, even better, send through a direct super chat as well to support the production of the show. And the, uh, the traditional COVID update at the beginning of the show is, uh, is thinning out. There's very little in terms of uh, COVID happening. Which is uh, what, what uh, we've, we've been wanting, uh, but oh, there's still these sort of uh, 
lingering, uh, what is it, uh, lingering uh, clusters of news uh, going on. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, the, the Melbourne uh, winter. Uh, we're being told here to, what is it, uh, get our, our flu uh, vaccination uh, because we've had the, the first death in uh, Victoria, uh, Flurona uh, death. Uh, so this was in the, the Herald Sun this week. An elderly woman has died after contracting COVID and the flu at the same time as multiple fluorona cases emerge in Victoria. And, of course, uh, the elderly encouraged to get their uh, winter dose, uh, their second uh, booster, fourth uh, a dose of uh, either Pfizer uh, or Moderna. I'm not sure if you'd be choosing Pfizer after another uh, <laughs> Pfizer uh, document dump. So uh, I get, we're still getting uh, getting updates. I'm actually getting uh, got a text message tonight. I put it on my Telegram channel for those of you who follow the uh, Telegram channel uh, at Diwa Deboer. Um, and again, uh, invited to get your first second uh, first or second vaccination or your booster. Uh, you can also get a free flu vaccination at the same time. So they're, they're, you know, obviously the main thing is to get people to have their flu vaccinations. And also if you've had COVID, you've got to wait three months uh, to be vaccinated. So if you had COVID and you want to get it again, um, you got to wait three months before they'll uh, jab you. So uh, uh, it's still I, going hard. Yeah, <laughs> I've... I, I... I've stopped at two uh, COVID jabs. I haven't got the, any of the boosters or I don't intend to have the, the flu uh, vaccine. I didn't become one of those those needle addicts, uh, which uh, <laughs> or they used to apply to uh, people who got uh, tattoos. They just want more and more. But now it's uh, people who just want uh, every single jab, shot, whatever. Oh, certainly, uh, certainly the case. Yeah. So we'll we had uh, with, um, our borders are now. I should mention that before I forget. Our borders now are finally open. That's obviously the big news. Um, who are, people who are vaccinated from anywhere in the world can come in. And then one of the other uh, restrictions that was there was that unvaccinated residents couldn't come in, or at least not without um, going through MIQ. But that has now completely been shut down. So if you're an unvaccinated citizen or resident, you're allowed to just come back to the country uh, and be treated like a normal human being. So, that's, uh, so New Zealand's fully open to the, the world now. But only if you're vaccinated. Only if you're vaccinated. So not quite at uh, not, not Australia's uh, freedom yet. Oh, well, well, we've got the freedom back. We never should have lost. <laughs> so the vaccinated and unvaccinated uh, can travel to and from Australia, all citizens of the, the globe with, with no quarantine. So we've got these... Uh, mothballed uh, quarantine camps all around the the country uh yeah it's, there, there was one just, just waiting camp. for an excuse yeah. to fire up yeah. one uh, one sitting idle in uh melbourne and uh, there's a uh, well camp in in queensland and uh before i also forget about this doozy from the <laughs> queensland premier anastasia palaszczuk reminding everyone to get their anal flu shot uh so there's the chief health uh, Chief Health Officer of Queensland, Dr. <laughs> John Gerard, and the Health Minister Yvette Darth getting that looks more like their arm. <laughs> Though in New Zealand, uh, you've still got uh, masks in uh, retail uh, all throughout Australia now. Uh, Western Australia was the last state to. Uh, for when it came, masks are only mandated on public transport, though there's really low compliance in aged care and hospitals. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, thankfully, we are seeing less uh, less and less or fewer and fewer masks uh, around. Uh, there are still a few uh, 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 sort of uh, businesses with their own internal Gestapo that uh, tries to Yes, uh, we've mentioned, uh, yeah. mentioned those that still have vaccine passes and there's some that still have their own mask mandates. Yeah, so we have uh, a couple of businesses in New Zealand. I've seen a couple of people complain about uh, Subway now. So Subway have their own, uh, they make up their own uh, own uh, health rules. Subway, they're the food place. Yeah, the food, the food place, yes. So uh just bizarre like really bizarre corporate stuff that's uh the stuff of nightmares uh, in, uh, in uh, australian businesses i'm not aware of any that have their own uh mask mandate though a lot of uh, uh big businesses are keeping their own 
vax mandates uh, in place. That seems to be as far as uh, they will go. In Victoria, we still have uh, broad-based uh, vaccine mandates, uh, though the ACT, they were another jurisdiction to, to, when I say fall, I mean, it's a good good fall that they've, that it's fallen, the, the COVID tyranny has fallen. So un, unvaccinated healthcare workers and teachers uh, are allowed back. Uh, but uh, I noticed that uh, your, what is it, uh, one of your uh, biggest uh, lockdown mandate uh, proponents, uh, Susie Wiles, uh, she uh, responded uh, to a, a Twitter user uh, who uh, was asking, well, now that the, the rest of the world has uh, gotten rid of uh, masks, can't we do that? Uh, as well, and she responded, we definitely shouldn't. Those countries are not doing the right thing. People still wear seatbelts and bike helmets. If people are tired of masks, they'll be even more tired when they get long COVID. Yes, because, um, you know, you still obviously, like, uh, you wear a seatbelt even when you're outside of the car uh, as well. And then uh, the, the conversation went on with uh, this tipper guy saying that most of his family in England caught COVID, uh, none had serious illness, including younger family members. We are right. Uh, is, and uh, she replied, I'm glad they're okay, but they are now at increased risk of stroke and all sorts of things. So they may be right now, but just you wait. You know, they could just. Uh, yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, she's certainly a a, a very uh, big uh, health advocate. Yeah, uh, big and... in more ways than one. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, uh, that was not what. Yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, I, I, it, the crazy people are still going to be crazy, right? They they had their fifteen minutes of fame that stretched out to two years, and now, uh, na you know, they want to hold on to that. So mostly, mostly they look silly, and people think they're very funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm loving the what is it uh, the zero COVID uh, COVIDians uh, mm -hmm. meltdowns on 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 Twitter that uh, oh this is you know uh, it's the greatest travesty uh, you know in you know in our century letting it uh, uh, rip mm -hmm. and and it didn't matter at all. It doesn't matter which countries uh, took took their uh, health measures, which ones did masks and so on. All they did was they spread the deaths around. Uh, you've got places now that did very successfully, uh, like New Zealand, and you suddenly have a world record in number of cases. You know, deaths climb over time anyway uh, uh, because of of all, all of the uh, various side effects from the uh, response. Uh, then the same number of people die uh, over you know stretched out over that period of time. It makes no real difference, and yet. Obviously, the Covidians can't uh, acknowledge that, and they never will. Well, but we'll see that stack up more and more in the literature. At lowest uh, since the beginning of the the pandemic, and global cases are at their lowest since the the the, the pandemic. Though I noticed that the WHO tried to inflate the recorded uh, COVID deaths, saying it's more closer to fifteen million. That's by our calculations basically it's a figure that they pulled out of uh, uh, thin air one of uh, our uh, local when I say actual experts he's actually an infectious diseases uh, expert he's not one of these uh, uh, 15 minute of, of fame uh, people uh, professor Greg Dora of the the Kirby Institute uh, he uh, was interviewed by an Australian doctor and said, if you haven't had COVID-19 yet, uh, you have no friends. <laughs> oh, that's me. I tried, though. I really tried and, and had no success getting COVID. You, you, you tried to do everything wrong. I did, and it didn't work. So, you know, yeah, there's, and, some, there's, uh, some, there's some exceptions to this rule, but uh, probably yeah. for the most part, yeah. If you, if, uh, if you haven't got it yet, you, you, you haven't been trying hard enough. Yeah. And uh, the the Covidians who've uh, called him all sorts of names, they got really triggered. What what are you talking about? We all have friends. <laughs> or if we meet them, we just choose safer environments. Uh, we we have friends. There. They're they're my five hundred followers on Twitter. They're my friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, speaking of Twitter, there are some good news uh, that possibly may change the uh, the fate of the Western world. Obviously, as Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter uh, and possibly. Uh, uh, his hostile takeover may result in uh, much of their 
uh, was it their what do they call it, trust and safety team or something along those lines, uh, being eviscerated, which could could be one of the best things that's happened to the world in in several years. Yes, the the NPC uh, chip update uh, was that uh, Elon Musk is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Though, uh, of course, they got uh, the NPCs uh, got a, another uh, chip update uh, this week uh, when a a draft uh, Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade, which uh, in 1973 magically invented a right to abortion in the, the Constitution. Uh, it was a, a draft ruling by a Supreme Court Justice Samuel uh, Alito, probably one of the most uh, cons uh, uh, constitutional conservative originalists on the court, uh, which uh, the ruling basically it, it uh, completely guts the invented right to privacy in the the 14th amendment of the the US constitution and so the 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 chip the NPC has got the chip update and the the pussy hats are back on they're going to have uh, 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 you have the masks and pussy hats and the Ukraine uh, yeah, there's uh, something, you know. Yeah, their faces are uh, very like uh, they're getting very crowded. <laughs> certainly, certainly the case, and obviously uh, the effect that this had on the rest of the world as well as the uh, uh, you know the Roe v. Wade ruling that that effectively made uh, uh, abortion completely legal in the United States created a massive ideological export uh, for the United States, and so they fund massive amounts of global of the global abortion trade as it were uh, uh that's something that uh, could be put at risk by this ruling so this could have a have a very positive effect uh, for uh conservatives in uh, the western world and even you know the uh, the eastern world the african world and so on if uh, they now have to start uh try and spend money back into making abortion legal in america again those are resources that are then no longer affect the rest of the world so negatively uh, and even if individual states now finally have the, uh, uh, let's say, the uh, intestinal fortitude to actually ban abortion properly, I will also have uh, these state-by-state -state, uh, rulings that uh, other uh, conservatives around the world can use. Uh, you know, you need uh, one of these high-profile bans, abortion bans, to go into effect somewhere, and that then uh, will act as an inspiration to others around the the world who can then use that legislation and uh, and and you know. America really is the the center of the world as it is. You know, everybody's always following uh, what goes on there. Uh, the the American cultural exports uh, are uh, the most influential in the world. So this this can have a very positive effect on Australia, and New Zealand in the long run. And uh, uh, one of the the most uh, notable aspects of the the NPC uh, program update is that uh, my body, my choice is once again a uh, acceptable political uh, slogan, and uh, also uh, the definition of a, a woman is now settled <laughs> again. Yeah, uh, uh, beautiful to see it. Obviously, um, now my body, my choice doesn't work anymore because everybody can see that it's a, it's a, it's a sham. They, they were never serious. Uh, uh, and and you know, it never, that's, uh, abortion was never about that. But now we know, now we know for everyone's been able to see that with the COVID vaccine mandates that, and the mask mandates and so on that, uh, uh, you know, that the hypocrisy is now uh, completely transparent. Everyone can, uh, uh, can see right through this. So that's, uh, again, another positive development to come out of COVID now is that the My Body, My Choice rally, uh, it's out the window. It's ineffective. The entire thing is, is completely neutralized. And they were the ones to destroy it. They didn't see this coming. Uh, they destroyed one of their most powerful weapons, so to speak. And uh, it's wonderful to see that. Yes, same slogan. thing with women as well. Um, you know, men, men can't have an opinion about abortion. Men can't give birth, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's it's just it's just nice to be able to throw that back in their faces as a joke to be like well actually you know man men can give birth so uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, make decisions about abortion now so uh, they've completely yeah. they've completely destroyed themselves and it's uh, nice to see it. 
their slogan for the past two years was your body, my choice when it came to, to masks and, and, and vaccines there yeah, because uh, you were uh, a killer of, of grandma if you, you didn't wear a, a mask. But uh, yeah, uh, according to them though, uh, there is nothing wrong with uh, killing, killing babies. And uh, I highly recommend this uh, Paul Joseph Watson uh, video uh, left us... Uh, seethe at the Supreme Court. And it seems to be uh, fueling another, what do you call, summer in the, the US of, of peaceful pro protests in time for the, the midterms. We'll see how that develops. I think um, it's a little bit overhyped because the riots in the past, uh, the George Floyd riots, were largely the, uh, the uh, African-American community uh, rioting. I think it's going to be a whole lot uh, more difficult. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't the African-American community writing. It was mainly white Antifa. Uh, I, I think most of the, the George Floyd protests that got big that you saw, I mean, when they talk, talk about Antifa, it's hard to tell because they're always wearing masks anyway. Uh, but as part of those those big protests, uh, some of which turned into riots, um, you know, they were, they were effectively uh, black community protests. Uh, and now you've got an issue that all of these liberal white women who are on Twitter screech about, uh, then they don't have the same uh, protesting ability uh, as, as you know, you would say people who have actually suffered some kind of oppression uh, would go out and protest, uh, which can be harnessed to turn into a riot by malicious actors. Uh, it's a lot more difficult for the uh, for these women to, 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 to pull that off. So I think the, the I might be wrong, but I don't see a big uh, violent riots here because the types of people who do the violent rioting uh, are less likely to care about this issue, uh, except for, like I said, the Antifa actors. Uh, but I think their uh, presence is, is overhyped uh, by many on the right. I think they're uh, much smaller in number and have much less, uh, less power than, than people give them. But of course, if I'm wrong, we'll find out very soon. Uh, we had uh, some uh, appalling uh, uh, pro-abortion uh, 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 tweets basically trying to uh, persuade uh, pro-life people to be uh, pro-abortion. Uh, this was by Amanda uh, uh, Duarte. Duarte, who said, I do wonder how these white supremacist lawmakers would feel if their little white daughters were raped and impregnated by black men. Obviously, that's a, an appalling uh, tweet, and she's uh, deleted her Twitter out of shame. Uh, she actually reinstated her Twitter, and I've briefly. seen a few more of her brief. Okay, so the reason she deleted it again is I saw people were sharing tweets from her from uh, 2017, 2016, even uh, even all the way back much further, and some of those were uh, were sort of uh, you know white nationalist worthy tweets, uh, much like that one, I guess. Um, but she uh, it's not the first time she's done something like that. <laughs> and there's also uh, this poster uh, going going around uh, where it says, uh, you're pro-life until the baby is poor, black, transgender, gay, an immigrant, disabled, sick, uh, etc. That's another uh, poor attempt <laughs> to try and make pro-life people pro-abortion. I don't know how serious they are with with any of these. It's more uh, they're trying to throw uh, throw their uh, their anger in your face because they I don't they don't take these things seriously. Uh, but it, it, part of it is they they're trying to justify murdering babies, and so they need to then project that into something else. But they can't come up with something that's as bad as murdering babies. So uh, none of it is is effective in any way. And uh, now uh, you mentioned before that if there's a significant uh, legislated, democratically legislated uh, protections in uh, US uh, red states uh, to protect uh, the unborn, unborn uh, that uh, can have an inspirational effect uh, in the, the Tasman nations because sadly the, the, the pro-abortion or uh, legalization legalization tsunami i should mm -hmm. should call it in our nations was started in uh, my own state of victoria the abortion law reform act of 2008 and the health minister at the time who oversaw 
that uh, which legalized abortion up until birth was none other than Daniel Andrews. And uh, one of the the fiercest uh, and unapologetic uh, pro-life uh, MPs uh, in the, the Victorian uh, Parliament who uh, was uh, who was also there in in 2008 and was the, the founder of the the March for the Babies on the the anniversary of uh, the passing of that law liberal uh, Bernie Finn uh, he has uh, been uh, attacked by the the mainstream and uh, social uh, media uh, for posting on his, uh, his social media that. Uh, if I mm -hmm. enlarge it here, my eyesight's getting so bad, so I have to enlarge oh, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so excited the US is on the verge of a major breakthrough to civilization, praying it will come here soon. Killing babies is criminal. And uh, this appalled the mainstream and social media and the, the oppos opposition leader, Matthew Guy, was uh, harassed uh, by the, the mainstream media uh, about uh, Bernie's uh, views, and this is what he came up with. Hello. Hello. Do you condemn Bernie Finn's comments last night about abortion on social media? Bernie has his own points of view. That's Bernie's point of view. I, I'm not interested in commenting on social policy in the United States. That's Bernie's point of view. I'm focused on Victoria, not on social policy in the United States. It's just not on my agenda. Does this reflect the Liberal Party's views? Pardon? Does this reflect the Liberal Party's views? I think this is Bernie's point of view. I think you all know this is a long-standing point of view of Bernie. You can talk to Bernie about his points of view, but I'll say very clearly, the Liberal Party in Victoria is focused on matters in Victoria, not social policy in the United States. That is not on my radar in the slightest. My issue is fixing the health system in Victoria, getting our state back on track here. It's not social matters in the United States. It's just me. Why are you telling him to take those posts down? Look, I, 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 what Bernie posts, I think you can all see, is up to Bernie. But I'm interested in policy in Victoria. I'm just not interested in matters to do with social policy in the United States. And I think most Victorians dealing with issues on cost of living and a failing health system in Victoria are really concerned about matters in our state. They're not interested in matters in the United States. And I think most of us haven't been concerned with social policy in the matters in the United States for a very long time. I think we've had free votes for many, many years on this matter. They'll always continue. Thank you. Nice to have a, a party leader that doesn't throw you under the bus. And uh, interesting uh, way that he handled the media. That was very, uh, uh, you know, as far as politicians go, that was a master class in, uh, in wrangling the media, certainly. And the Andrews government minister for women, Gabrielle Williams, uh, said that uh, there was uh, no place for these comments in our community. And it's time Matthew Guy showed more leadership and deal with Mr. Finn. These these are deplorable comments that show <laughs> an appalling lack of respect for women and completely disregard the trauma experienced by victims of sexual assault, instead prioritizing decisions of perpetrators over the needs of women uh, victims of a crime. We support all women to make these choices that are right for them. Women have the right to access reproductive services safely, legally, and with dignity, again, that term uh, safe is uh, is used. And uh, he was also <laughs> thrown under the bus by one of his own colleagues, James mm -hmm. Newbury. Bernie Finn's position that a man should legislate control over a woman's body is deeply disturbing and dangerous. The developments in America are causing distress to women around the world, and Mr. Finn's cheering is sick. It's sad to see uh, so many pro-baby killing liberals, but I guess yeah. that's, uh, that's... Including... That's uh, we so have no real... Including so-called uh, Christian uh, uh, Christian MPs <laughs> and uh, Scott Morrison uh, in response to a letter that uh, was uh, sent to him by George Christensen 
uh, asking for his support for his uh, human rights, children born alive, private members bill. He said, uh, act, uh, Scott Morrison said, access to pregnancy termination services in Australia, responsibility of states and territories and subject to their respective legislation. This access is an important element of reproductive and sexual health services the Commonwealth Government supports for Australian women and we continue to work with states and territories on the availability of safe and legal abortion Australia-wide. We are committed to protecting and promoting the uh, sexual and reproductive health and rights of women and girls. I am proud that Australia is globally recognised in this space. It is a core part of our foreign policy and aid program. And uh, we advocate on these issues in international fora. I understand Minister Hunt will also respond to you on these matters you have raised. And I will, uh, I've copied this response to him. I've also copied the Minister for Women and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Maurice Payne, who leads a, a on sexual and reproductive health and rights internationally. Just when I thought Scott Morrison couldn't get any worse, uh, he manages to surprise me by being much, much worse than I thought he could be. What an absolutely evil, evil man Scott Morrison is. And I, sorry, sorry to say this for you, but I do hope the uh, Liberals lose the uh, upcoming election because he doesn't deserve to win. Uh, but um, he's he's promised uh, to uh, introduce a religious uh, discrimination act, uh, act as a standalone act in the next parliament. Even though he promised that the last, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> who cares? He's definitely he's, going to do it uh, yeah. in, in this. Tr in trust us this time. Uh, tr vote for me. Trust me this time. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, disgusting. Now, we'll move on to, well, uh, the cost of living uh, crisis in, in both our nations because uh, Australia is catching up in the inflation race with our uh, CPI rising 5.1%. Uh, uh, in Those the, are rookie numbers, Tim. Yeah, past uh, a <laughs> uh, year, uh, like uh, end of, uh, from end, from, end of March uh, 2021 to end of March 2022. So the Reserve Bank this week, uh, unsurprising to anybody, raised interest rates from record low 0.1% to 0.3.5%. And uh, the, uh, Philip Lowe, the Reserve Bank governor, he broke his, what is it, uh, commitment that he didn't need to make that interest rates were going to be at 0.1% until 2024. And New Zealand's uh, inflation rates are at 6.9%, so just, just about to hit 7 uh, And therefore, obviously, that's the doctored uh, CPI figure as well. Um, the real inflation in other areas is much higher, as it has been in the housing market, uh, obviously, but that's uh, changing. New Zealand's uh, inflation rate is, is just a little bit behind the US, Germany, and the UK. Uh, solid, uh, solid fourth place there, um, when it, at least when it comes to our uh, trading partners. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've we've had a 68% uh, increase in government spending since the Labor Party took office. Uh, in fact, it got so bad that uh, uh, Grant Robertson, the finance minister, uh, had decided to change the way that the borrowing, uh, sort of that our debt is calculated. So uh, our debt is going to be dropping from about 50% to 30% uh, in the uh, at the next budget. So that's a nice uh, reduction of the debt. Uh, obviously, just done by. Um, uh, fiddling the numbers a little bit. So he's now going to be counting certain assets uh, uh, as um, and balancing that against the debt. So uh, good luck trying to do that with your bank uh, because they'd, uh, <laughs> uh, they would not accept that as a, a valid way to calculate your, uh, your debts. Um, but certainly he's the finance minister and he can get away with whatever he wants uh, because the Labour Party has an absolute majority here. Um, we obviously, because inflation is so high, the interest rates have gone up. So we're now, uh, basically in the last year, doubled the, the one year interest rates have gone from 2% to, to over 4% now. So 2.2% to 4.5%. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, going to start hitting, uh, uh the average, uh, uh, homeowner who's, you know, been, been, uh, taking advantage of these lower rates. Uh, we may see, uh, less spending, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but obviously 
that excess money is just going to the banks to repay uh, the interest rates. And these banks are now seeing record profits. Uh, we've seen uh, ANZ um, record a, uh, a record uh, profit, uh, $1 billion for the first time in their history. Uh, uh, your Australian banks uh, are managing to, uh, to make a good amount of money from the New Zealand market. BNZ as well, uh, I think making 700, 700 million uh, profit. Uh, so, uh, you know, just between those two Australian banks, it's already nearly $2 billion in profits uh, the past year. Uh, and uh, because of the interest rates going up, uh, the house prices have also started to come down. So we're expecting between 5 and 20% drop in house prices, uh, which would still put them at between uh, $800,000 and $950,000 for the average house in New Zealand. Uh, so we're still we're just talking just you know from from going just over a million dollars to just shy of a million dollars uh, is sort of what they're expecting the uh, the correction to be. Uh, we'll see if if any of that holds up or if it will um, you know we'll see something quite drastic happen uh, because obviously the possibility of stagflation uh, is there. Uh, uh, but uh, we have seen um, the the wage uh, wages uh, climbing obviously in response to inflation, uh, but nowhere near enough. So. Um, I've got the um, the number here. So your private sector wages uh, rose uh, three point one percent in the last year. So wages are rising, but only less than half uh, that of inflation at the moment. So uh, and obviously the um, unemployment rate has uh, frozen. So the uh, and the the unemployment rate is is doctored a little bit as well. But instead of uh, continuing to drop, the the unemployment rate had been dropping, uh, and now it's stopped dropping. So we're going to see where that goes. If that starts to climb. A little bit, um, then you'll see New Zealand hit that. Um, that's that's uh, the, the the horrific stagflation uh, status. Yes, our unemployment rate is is stable at four percent, and uh, which is good for Anthony Albanese because he doesn't need to to learn a new figure like he does, <laughs> like he does uh, with uh, the new uh, interest rate. Uh, but uh, we are seeing, or well, at least here in Victoria, the the housing market begin to cool off. And but uh, yes, definitely, uh, anyone who's done grocery shopping will will notice the rise in 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 prices uh, across the board. Some obviously rising more than others. There's uh, uh, a lot of uh, products that's 30, 40 cents uh, here. Uh, the Labor Party, they seem to be, what is it, most uh, alarmed about the, the rise in the price of lettuce. It's uh, $5 lettuce. Uh, at, at the moment. Uh, when, uh, former <laughs> so many leader, calories in a lettuce. Yeah, yeah former uh, Labor leader Bill Shorten, when he was shopping with a family once, he asked them what their favourite type of, of lettuce is. So it must be the staple of choice uh, for uh labor <laughs> mps and, and and politicians uh bizarre uh mm. obviously uh, uh the increasing in, in food prices here in new zealand is quite serious um so today countdown announced uh which is owned by woolworths in australia uh, announced that they are going to be freezing their uh, prices of their home brand products uh throughout the winter so uh, they basically you know, giving some kind of guarantee that at least you'll be able to buy their basic products at the currently inflated prices for the next six months. So um, if you're on a fixed income, at least that's uh, just a little bit of good news. Um, but it, it'll be, you know, uh, the calm before the storm, possibly. Um, we've also, uh, due to asset uh, uh, prices falling uh, as well, the uh, interesting story that we had come out was um, one of the companies that's really imploded in New Zealand after COVID. Um, because obviously it had this big boost from COVID was my food bag, which is one of these um, uh, food delivery uh, uh, programs. You'd sign up with some chef would, you know, design a nice meal and you'd order it and it would get delivered to your door and you'd put it together. Um, and my food bag was um, set up by um, a famous chef called Nadia Lim, who I'd never heard of. Uh, and uh, one of the um, uh, uh, business insiders, uh, uh, chemicals company CEO Simon Henry criticized my food bag for including uh, photos of uh, Lim, who was a chef, in its prospectus, and he called her Eurasian fluff, and said that her cleavage was the reason behind the company's underperforming results. Uh, and uh, his comments obviously were so uh, outrageous that even Jacinda Ardern commented on them this afternoon. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, she was traumatized by this, obviously being attacked uh, by these misogynistic comments. Um, and there's a short video of uh, Jacinda Ardern uh, up there with some hostages. Here? Yeah, that one. Uh, so even Jacinda Ardern had to respond to this to these comments about this company uh, imploding and, and, and being criticized for it. Actually, regardless of, of what position I'm in, you know, for me, it was just seeing them as a human. Uh, and when I saw those comments, you know, not only um, does that do a, a complete uh, disservice uh, to Nadia herself, but yeah, to, I imagine it would have been insulting to, to all women. You know, ultimately, uh, the success of Nadia Lim speaks for itself. So I saw Jacinta got a bit gender confused there. She still hasn't got the the, the memo yet because uh, first described her as a human and then got it <laughs> mixed up. Um, and you could see the, uh, I don't know why she was at some kind of hostage situation at, at, at the school there. Um, uh, with well, at least they weren't uh, masked like... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so things are improving here, certainly. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I, I still don't don't understand why this story was uh, sort of a headline news. Uh, why the prime minister had to be asked about this because it was uh, basically uh, it a comment about a, a company other incompetence. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyway, so the uh, these companies, these COVID companies, are in trouble. Uh, and uh, Netflix, obviously, many people will be aware of uh, Netflix share price collapse. Uh, their subscriber numbers collapsing um and uh various other uh uh you know large yes. COVID profit here, like plus, uh, zoom plus yeah just, yeah exactly so they uh and these um these these particular food companies as well and they're all going to apparently uh implode quite spectacularly now and uh your uh speaker uh trevor mallard has been on another uh power trip uh i think he's still yes. very upset that his slide was uh uh destroyed burnt, yes so he's he's taking revenge against the guys who burnt down the um half a million dollar slide um he uh singled out former mps to issue trespass notices too uh so we can i've got we've got the list here you're bringing it up um scroll down to the the numbers there, there you go so the um there were seven people so uh sorry i should should start from the beginning here so 151 people were trespassed from parliament after the the riotous end that uh, resulted in the slide being burnt down but only 144 of those were going to people who were arrested at the protest uh, now it would make sense to uh, trespass people who were arrested at the protest for um for whatever actions they took part in but seven more of them were issued to what parliamentary service is called persons of interest but five of those were withdrawn. So we know the five that were withdrawn were all former MPs uh, as persons of interest. So they would have been banned from Parliament for two years, meaning that if they had managed to get re-elected this election, um, uh, that they somehow wouldn't be allowed to enter Parliament. Um, obviously, the courts would have thrown this out, which is why uh, David Parker, the uh, Attorney General, intervened and told him to, to get rid of... Uh, uh, to, to withdraw these trespass notices. So we had um, former Deputy Prime Minister and New, Ze uh, New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters, former National MP and Democracy NZ Party Leader Matt King, former ACT MP uh, Stephen Franks, who's also a lawyer for the Free Speech Union, uh, former Maori Party co-leader Marama Fox, uh, and uh, she's a left-wing left-winger, um, and former ACT leader Rodney Hyde, uh, and then two other mystery individuals who we are not aware of. So, uh, yeah, they, he, he really, really uh, threw his toys out of the cot there and banned uh, five high-profile former MPs from Parliament, and, and he was forced to backtrack on this. Uh, so uh, Trevor Mallard had to be reminded that, of course, it is uh, duck season starting tomorrow, uh, and uh, it looked like uh, he was the one that was going to get shot, uh, uh, figuratively speaking, from his uh, parliamentary uh, uh, position as Speaker. 
I don't get why your speaker has so much uh, power. We 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 uh, we showed uh, the 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 photo of him like on the the balcony, looking at all these uh, peasants uh, disturbing him. I mean, our speaker here, it's uh, Andrew Wallace. All he mainly does is turf out uh, unruly MPs. Understanding Order ninety four A. That's about all that he's known for, and saying order, order. <laughs> uh, normally our speakers the good ones are not known for much that's what you want from a good speaker uh, you don't want them to be making headline news every week um, but uh, apparently the um, the I guess the, the, the story behind the scenes on why Trevor Mallard is the speaker is because he was uh, a bit too much trouble as a, uh, a back, either a backbencher or also as a, um, a cabinet minister. So they didn't want him uh, to be a, an MP in the House because they thought he was too much trouble, which is why they made him speaker. Uh, and so that's why he's possibly still there, because uh, he'll be too annoying if they get rid of him. So uh, unless he's completely forced out of parliament, you know, in early retirement. Uh, we did have one of those this week, Simon Bridges. Uh, had his last day in Parliament yesterday. He's gone now. Uh, the by-election uh, there is taking place uh, in several weeks, I think uh, six weeks or five weeks even, um, uh, in, in Tauranga. Uh, and yeah, that's you know that's is is um, you know I guess the Labour Party bench is quite thin in terms of the talent that they have. So. Uh, replacing him uh, may be something they struggle with. So even though they have a an outright majority of MPs, um, they they don't uh, trust anyone else in that role. Could be it, you know his his loyalty to the Labour Party is unquestioned. So uh, and uh, yeah, the a speaker a speaker can be very very powerful in uh, in New Zealand because you know we don't have an upper house, we don't have uh, a um, a president or governor general with any real powers. That does does make mean that uh, the the prime minister and the speaker of the house are, are incredibly powerful people. So your attorney general that you just mentioned, David Parker, he seems to to have some some brains uh, because uh, yeah, he's, I think he's mind. the only one with with his and only one with he brains. And he's also uh, <laughs> sunk the the Rotorua uh, segregated uh, voting uh, bill. Uh, yes, he has. So. Um, uh, that the one that we discussed last time I was on the show, which now I think was about three weeks ago, uh, they were going to uh, split things out so that uh, the Maori people there would get half of the seats on the council, and then the Pakeha, which is everybody else, would get the other half of the seats. But obviously, that means that um, uh, I don't know how what the percentage in in Tauranga is, maybe twenty percent or thirty percent, possibly uh, maybe a bit high, but it's not impossible. Uh, would then get half of the of the seats, which means that if you were uh, uh, of any other ethnicity, your, your vote would only get you half as you know half half as much uh, uh, power. Uh, thankfully, that was thrown out by the Attorney General. Uh, he, I think, he realised that would uh, he struggle to hold up to any constitutional challenge and probably would really damage the Labour Party in the upcoming election. Uh, although uh, the way they're currently trending is 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 that there's no way they're going to survive the election. Uh, they everything that they do uh, turns to uh, excrement. Uh, it, they, they haven't been able to get anything right. So um, uh, we did have a very good ad um, that was put out by the uh, Hobson's Pledge group uh, that they uh, ran in most of the major newspapers on <laughs> May the 4th uh, and uh, to, to warn people uh, that this was happening. Um, I'll let you try and assign Star Wars characters to the various people on there. Um, if you want to, I won't speculate too much what they are intending to mean. Um, but it, it looks very, very nice. I think it's it's a very good ad. Uh, we had uh, in, uh, some of our uh, federal election uh, candidates and parties put out some cringe uh, May the 4th memes <laughs> on their, their, their social media, uh, but uh, the, uh, the, the main uh, focus is, again, on uh, Anthony Albanese's uh, memory uh, because uh, the the Labour Party actually uh, did a bit better in the in the polls uh, while he was in isolation uh, for uh, a week, and uh, as you can see here, they they got a bit of a a bounce. This is the the Mr Berry Mr Berry poll of polls uh, for the the Australian uh, federal election, 
and uh, he had probably a, his worst uh, stumble uh, this week when he couldn't remember his own six-point plan to, to fix the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So I'll just play this now. Yesterday, you talked about Labor's six-point plan. What are the six points? The, the six points are what we will do in terms of was outlined by Bill Shaw. What that's about is making no, sure. What, 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 what that's about is making sure. What make, the six what, points, Mr. Well, let me answer the question. What that's about is making sure that we take pressure off people who are at the moment having their programs cut. What we will do, what we will do is put people at the centre of the NDIS. That's one of the what are the, no, Mr. Mark, Albanese, what are the other five Mark, points, Mr. Albanese? We, we Mr. will put Albanese, people. It is you, all you around are, the theme of Mr. Albanese, putting people, are putting people. You are across your brief. We will what put people. Six points we will put policy? people at the centre of the NDIS. We will put people at the centre of the NDIS. All of our programs are based upon that. Do you not know what the six points are for the NDIS question that Mr. Kersley just asked you? But you just also, sorry, your policy document. Well, we just. No, no, that's not right. That's not right. Are these the six points that you have right. handed to you by your advisor? That's not right. You've just, just been handed the six points, Mr. Albanese. What are they? Our policy on so the NDIS. Just, so just confirm, is, you've just been handed. Is to defend and fix the NDIS, lifting the NDIS staffing cap, doubling existing funding for advocacy, fixing regional access, and stopping waste. And stopping waste. No, we did. It's to put you people at the centre of the NDIS. Mr. Albanese, it is embarrassing that you don't know your own policy. I do know the policy. Our you policy. Know, you didn't know your NDIS policy. Our policy is putting people with disabilities. Do you saw that he had to be given his uh, the cheat sheets by uh, his advisor, who uh, quickly rushed to get get the the book of, of policies. I'm 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 so disappointed that that the guy who went to get the document didn't open it to the right page so that he had to page through it. Like he could have at least given it to him, you know, with with the points on the right page. Come on, that was that was amateur. Uh, now there's what is that? Uh, he's uh, uh, he, he, the fact that he f forgot this, uh, the, he sort of hinted that he might have uh, brain fog uh, uh, from from COVID. He's got long COVID uh, mm -hmm. already because he's only ha uh, taking half days. He's having an afternoon nap in the, the afternoon. <laughs> so, uh, forgetting the interest rate and the, the unemployment rate on the first day, did he have uh, pre-COVID long COVID? <laughs> It seems to be uh, a pattern here. And uh, at most uh, press conferences now, uh, I don't know why uh, Chris Bowen, who was, was next to him, who's the, uh, I think he's the shadow, shadow climate minister now. Uh, he is like, because he, he has a shadow minister with him to sort of jump in uh, if he's uh, getting uh, stumped and forgetting things. So when he was uh, when he was talking about Labor's new housing policy, Jason Clare, the housing minister, stepped up to uh, to uh, with the the details, and he's had uh, one of the mean girls, uh, Katie Gallagher, the shadow finance uh, spokeswoman next to him to, to fill in the, the facts and figures. Uh, he unveiled Labor's housing policy at the uh, the campaign launch in, in Perth, and that is uh, that uh, for 10,000 lucky uh, Australians trying to get into the housing market, the federal government uh, will uh, uh, own 40% of your home. Like, and uh, that also means that uh, if you sell it in the future, the government will get... Uh, uh, forty percent of the the proceeds. So uh, their policy is you'll own sixty percent of your home and uh, be happy. And uh, <laughs> Pauline Hanson, uh, she uh, and uh, Malcolm Roberts uh, rightly pointed out that uh, it's uh, a form of the the Great Reset. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for these um, types of um, sort of rent to buy or um, shared equity schemes for 
uh, what we currently have instead of instead of state housing, you know, where where people can sort of slowly uh, buy these houses instead of being stuck uh, with nothing forever. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, I, I'm I'm not sure about the details of this particular plan uh, or or if it would apply to these people as an alternative to state housing. It doesn't sound like it. It's more like the um, um, uh, sort of the, the same same system that we have here, where your ability to get out uh, certain you know, certain percentage of, of, uh, or, or to be able to take out, for instance, KiwiSaver money uh, to buy a, buy, a, buy a house. It's basically targeted at the middle class, uh, which I guess is that sort of what that policy would uh, would be the most useful for. And uh, if you think that uh, Labor's uh, policies are bad and that uh, Albanese uh, is a frightening proposition as uh, Prime Minister, don't forget uh, that, uh, well, they'll definitely have to rely on the Greens uh, to get their, their legislation through the Senate if they're elected, but they could hold the balance of power in a hung, hung parliament. And uh, one of the re-elected uh, uh, Green senators is likely to be Lydia Thorpe from uh, Victoria, who uh, all of a sudden again uh, doesn't like uh, Victoria police and believes that they're being brutal against her when she was trying to stop uh, the the uh, the uh, movement of a, a dozen uh, illegal immigrant criminals uh, from detention in Melbourne to Christmas Island. This is how she carried on. Okay, that's enough. The clip goes on for another 30 seconds. And she posted this on her own Twitter. Like, all of the clips of her carrying on, they're not posted by uh, social media accounts mocking her. She uh, posts them herself, uh, including the, the previous one when she got triggered by a, Amanda Stoker, the Assistant Attorney General, uh, calling her an Indigenous Australian. She claimed that she was being... Uh, White's land. Uh, but yes, Lydia Thorpe uh, didn't seem to have much to say when uh, Victoria police were pepper spraying uh, grannies, uh, choking uh, women. So yes, they, they only, uh, they, they don't like the uh, police being brutal uh, against them in the, uh, the policies that they support. Yeah, more than happy uh, to have the police come after you or anybody else uh, when it suits them. Uh, and uh, this is an, uh, another silver lining in some way of the COVID policies is, is that it's so much easier for people to see uh, who the hypocrites are. Uh, you know, it's obviously not just, you know, they're, they're going to be hypocrites. There's no point pointing that out, but it's much easier for people to see it now, which is nice because you can just dismiss them uh, in a far, far simpler way to say, Hey, they're just doing this for show because when it mattered, they weren't there. And uh, she also, I haven't uh, seen a comment on uh, the Andrews government uh, proposed agricultural uh, amendment uh, bill, which will give uh, 
authorized offices uh, more power uh, to, to bust into people's property, uh, to confiscate and destroy uh, crops. Uh, that uh, uh, Dan Andrews, he could come after your uh, veggie gardens, mm. uh, which uh, uh, I talked about this uh, with Stephen last week. If there's uh, food shortages, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very much like the, the Holdemore when uh, the the Soviets uh, took the grain from the the Kulaks. If there's food shortages, uh, uh, Dan Andrews uh, will come after your your veggies, mm-hmm. and wouldn't, uh, wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, and his uh, state budget uh, this week is—it's basically uh, the, like the the arsonists uh, trying to uh, put out the the fire because uh, he's called it a post-COVID uh, recovery uh, budget, yeah, yeah. and uh, he's uh, well to show that well uh, at least at this time. Uh, you know, to communicate uh, we're in a post-COVID uh, uh, Victoria, he posed with uh, maskless uh, healthcare workers in the Victorian Parliament. And he's got, he hasn't got, he, he used to have uh, a, his uh, Twitter photo was himself uh, master construction site. Now it's him maskless uh, shaking hands mm-hmm. with a, a schoolgirl of uh, yeah, Indian origin. Uh, <laughs> so, and he's a, uh, uh, He's promised to uh, inject uh, 12, uh, uh, what is it? Make sure I get this uh, this uh, figure, figure right. That uh, I think it's around 12 billion to, to fix uh, Victoria's health system because uh, there's still the, the ambulance uh, ramping and a clogged emergency uh, departments, uh, not due to uh, COVID, of course, though that's sort of the, the scapegoat uh, because of uh, deferred care, uh, people experiencing other health uh, conditions and uh, because people are on the roads and playing sport, more road uh, road trauma and uh, sporting industry. But of course, uh, what happened to Dan's promised uh, 4,000 ICU beds uh, for $1.3 billion and the 10 community hospitals that uh, he promised in the 2018 election, zero have been uh, delivered. Sounds very similar to the Labour Party here in New Zealand, where uh, they love to promise, they love to make announcements and uh, announcements about announcements uh and uh, and yet they uh cannot deliver anything which uh is nice because most of what they want to deliver is horrible um <laughs> and uh he's been uh secretly questioned by ibac the broad-based anti-corruption commission again over uh links with uh property developer uh john woodman who was accused of uh, corrupt land deals and uh, federal labor they're running on integrity and accountability and anti-corruption even though the Andrews government is one of the most corrupt and unaccountable uh, state governments uh, in uh, living memory. And uh, uh, unlike uh, Gladys Berejiklian, who was subjected to a a public cross-examination and had her conversations with her ex-boyfriend, Daryl Maguire, played for everyone to to hear, he uh, has again been secretly interviewed uh, by IBAC over... um, over his association, but well, uh, well, uh, alleged, uh, well, he is, is uh, what uh, what association he had with this property developer, and he's already been secretly interviewed over the the red shirts wrought, and there's already another separate IBAC probe into the United Firefighters Union deal as well. We are now uh, just into overtime. Uh, as well. So uh, we'll probably wrap up the show just about here. Any last questions or comments, uh, send them through now. I will be back later on in the in the month, uh, two weeks from now, probably. I was at the 20th. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been, been a good show. And uh, we should not forget that it is Mother's Day this weekend. Uh, so uh, do celebrate all the mothers uh, that didn't murder their children. Uh, and, uh, uh, and of course, the uh, uh, nice thing is we can still celebrate uh, celebrate mothers uh, uh, because uh, the uh, so-called uh, birthing persons have now disappeared. So yes. uh, you don't have to worry about birthing per- persons day 
uh, it's uh, we're back to women's and uh, back back to women and back to Mother's Day. <laughs> and uh, I'll be back on on Monday for Tim's News uh, Explosion, eight thirty PM Melbourne time on the the Wilmsfront uh, channels. Uh, the uh, the Wilmsfront interview program will be on indefinite hiatus now, just so I can manage my time uh, better uh, because it is a lot of effort. First, uh, finding and uh, asking uh, people, uh, guests uh, to come on. Uh, so there's a lot of preparation that goes into the the show. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, further uh, further down the track, I'll um, there's still heaps of people I want to interview. But uh, Wilmsfront interviews will be on hiatus. Obviously, at this election time, the focus uh, will be on more on the news uh, developments and there'll be an election night live stream uh, for the Unshackled. Uh, it's open invitation for you, Due, if you're available to, to join. Uh, Stephen Berry will definitely be on the uh, panel. So will Kyle Kutazi and uh, so uh, will Septimus uh, Kane and there'll be other uh, panelists uh, throughout the night. Richard Walsoncroft is always also going to be joining us from the uh, report from uh, Tiger Mountain. Well, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you for your comments. Uh, it's been great to see you all and I will see you again in two weeks. Yeah, Night. and uh, Stephen will be co-hosting next Friday. So uh, until then, uh, stay safe, stay sane and uh, stay free. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theunshackles.net and rightminds.nz.